Welcome to the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show, my friends. My, oh my, what a day this already is. And it's just going because we got that debate tonight. And we have so much to talk about with regard to Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. Uh, let's just let's just start with this. We've now gone from the Hunter Biden story about corruption, about selling uh, influence to his uh, to his you know access to his father. Uh, we've gone from this is blocked on social media, ostensibly because it's a smear and it's not true, right? To well, actually, it's Russian disinformation. To Okay, it's all true, but our editorial judgment is it's not really a story. It's a little over a week. They tried for maybe a day or two there. Oh, it's a non-story because Joe Biden's not tied to it. And I said, look, if Joe Biden has no hand in any of this, Hunter being a screw up may not be enough. But this is quite a bit different. A lot of information. A lot of information coming out that is real. Based on this laptop, based on the communications, this is smoking gun level stuff in a normal criminal trial. Let's say if you had the defendant's email saying the kind of stuff that Hunter Biden saying about a corrupt influence scheme, they'd be taking a plea deal. It'd be all over. But now we know the FBI had the laptop for a year, didn't do anything. It may have been subpoenaed, though, as part of a money laundering probe. Gee, that information never got out. What a surprise that that wouldn't be leaked, something that would actually hurt a Democrat. And if you're wondering, Buck, hold on, are they really saying that this is all not a story, that the emails coming out to suggest not to suggest to state that Joe Biden was getting a piece of this, that Hunter Biden was getting huge deals done with foreign adversary governments, okay, like China? that Hunter Biden was getting huge deals done, making enormous amounts of money, giving kickbacks to his dad, and that everybody knew what was going on here. His business partner has come forward to confirm all this. The guy's a Navy veteran. He's just like, look, I've got to tell the truth on this one. And he's got receipts, as they say. He's got the documents. We're beyond now rumor, innuendo, speculation. We're talking cold, hard facts, my friends. That's where this biden scandal currently is and you have to laugh npr their public editor put this out earlier today why haven't you seen any stories from npr about the new york post hunter biden story the answer they give this is their managing editor for news quote we don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories and we don't want to waste the listeners and readers time on stories that are just pure distractions That's right, friends. Taxpayer funded in part, NPR is taking the position now. Oh, sure. You can prove everything that the New York Post has been saying from the beginning that conservatives, Republicans have been pointing out about the Bidens going on two years now. You can prove this, but it's not really a story. How is this not a story? That's absurd. I mean, that's so stupid and so dishonest that it's hard to even debate it because it feels like we must be talking about 
somebody who's not smart enough to even understand the issues at hand. I mean, the NPR people, do they do they not know anything about politics? They're the political editors that are making this statement. But what you see, my friends, right now is the mainstream media engaging in an institutional mass self-immolation to protect Biden. It's hard to fathom why they would ever do this until you recognize that they view a Trump victory as an existential threat to their professional and emotional well-being. And so this is going to get much uglier, my friends. Much uglier indeed. Uh, it's it's stunning. I mean, of the many accomplishments real Donald Trump uh, or Donald Trump rather can point to in his first four years, exposing the liberal mainstream media beyond any doubt as the unrepentant and reckless frauds they are will go down in history as among the most important and useful. Shared that one on Twitter earlier today. I think uh, folks see exactly what I mean. There's no going back for the media now. There's there's no. They're never going to be able to make this argument. Oh, we're just journos. Oh, we're just being honest. You know, we're just nonpartisan here. The China component of this is stunning. I mean, the Burisma and Ukraine stuff is bad enough. But now now we find out that there is information about a Chinese government payoff to the Biden family. You mean our primary, really our only geopolitical rival knew that by funneling some cash, nothing to them. I mean, the Chinese Communist Party, has got five, ten million bucks in the couch cushions and then some. And this is a, a joke to them, a pittance. They can help steer some aspect of U.S. foreign policy just by paying off the then vice president's son. The things that they've accused Trump and his family of doing, I mean, this is why the hypocrisy is so mind-blowing. What the Democrats have been accusing Trump and his family of doing for years without evidence, unfairly maligning them is what Joe Biden and his family, not just Hunter, also his brother. That's what they've been doing. They are accusing the other side of what they themselves are guilty of doing. China's getting away scot-free with stealing billions of dollars in intellectual property from U.S. companies and billions more with their predatory trade practices until Donald Trump steps up. But before that, they were getting away with it, and it makes so much more sense the moment you find out that the Bidens and others in our ruling class were getting beach houses, Benzes, and BMWs out of the deal. Oh, okay. Why push back on China when business is so good? Side business, that is. You know, that's really what this is turning into. You realize that U.S. foreign policy was kind of a side hustle for the Bidens. The main event was getting cash, getting paid. It's amazing, friends. It's amazing. But this is this is what we're up against. This is what we're seeing. I mean, yesterday, the, the desperate media tried to suggest that a Rudy Giuliani hidden camera ambush for a Borat film was a big news story. But somehow Giuliani having ironclad proof that Hunter Biden was selling access to his vice president dad is a non-story or it's Russian disinformation. This is all you have to know. The media can't go any lower. They have no integrity to protect. It's all over for them now in that regard. I mean, they they can only fool those who wish to be fooled. They can only fool people who are either not honest enough or not smart enough for this to uh, 
you know, to see the truth of what's really going on here. So many people doing excellent work on this one. Sean Davis over over at the Federalist has been diving into these emails. This is from his Twitter. He writes, quote, an email to Hunter Biden's partner from a top Chinese official on July 26, 2017, shows the Chinese energy company CEFC proposed a five million dollar interest free loan to the Biden family based on their trust on the Biden family. There's a quote that he pulls. Should CEFC keep lending more to the family? Less than two weeks later, on August 8th, 2017, $5 million was wired from a CEFC-affiliated investment vehicle to a Delaware LLC, which spent the next year transferring nearly $4.8 million directly to Hunter Biden's firm, according to Senate investigators. Friends, this is exactly how you would engage in a access peddling, in, in a corrupt scheme where you are selling U.S. foreign policy for personal gain. This is exactly how you would do it. You have the negotiations. You fly to China on Air Force Two with dad. You meet with a bunch of Chinese businessmen. Then you have them just give a, an interest-free loan and, and they park it in a unnamed Delaware, you know, an unknown Delaware LLC. And then that is siphons off the money to your consulting firm, which you then get a piece of. I mean, it looks like money laundering to me, friends. I mean, we're, we're going to have to look at what some of the legal experts find with these kinds of transactions, but it certainly stinks to high heaven. We know that much. These are not theories, my friends. This is all traceable. It is all provable. And it is all real. We have the evidence. And yet they're trying to pretend like this is somehow still nothing. Oh, no, we're way, way beyond that. But what I want you to be prepared for is that even though the media has been exposed as completely corrupt frauds, more so than anything else you can really think of, because this is all coming down at once right before the election and they're doing everything they can. There's a pathetic panic that has overtaken the mainstream media. They're doing whatever they can to try to avoid talking about any of this. They're downplaying it. They're lying about it. It's only going to get worse. They've already made their choice. Their choice is Joe Biden. Really, their choice is anybody but Trump. And they will do anything in their power to make sure that happens. There is nothing that is too debased, nothing that is too fraudulent, too pathetic for the biggest news organizations, the biggest names in mainstream news to carry the last buckets of water for Biden necessary in this election where we know it's going to be very, very tight. We know it's going to be very close. So just be ready for this. Be ready for exactly what's going to happen here, because, yes, the Joe and Hunter Biden corruption apparatus is even worse than I initially thought. Or at least there's much more proof of it. And the efforts to suppress it have proved that our media is depraved beyond salvation. But it's still going to be a very close election. And the libs do not care about the truth. They do not care about the Biden corruption. And so Biden can still win. 
Keep the pressure on, my friends, and keep pushing. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to visit BuckSexton.com. I now know beyond a shadow of doubt the laptop is, in fact, Hunter Biden's. The emails are, in fact, accurate. The big guy referenced in one of the emails is, in fact, Joe Biden. We know Hunter Biden had deals with communist China. Ukraine uh, deals with this company, Burisma, that even the State Department said was a concern. And he was getting cash from the mayor of Moscow's wife. So all that, of course, this should come up. Indeed. That's what we know. And there's still more that I think we're, we're destined to find out in the days ahead. And all of this going into an election tonight where Biden shows up, he's not going to be able to hide. Here's a prediction. There will be a, a critical moment of muting. The debate moderator tonight in this debate will find a point at which Biden is on the ropes. You know, the Russian is cut and Rocky circling and he's, and he's about to about to finish him off and they'll freeze it. They'll mute. They'll mute President Trump and then talk over him as well. Guaranteed to happen tonight at that moment where it's finally clear that Joe Biden can't evade anymore. But let's also talk about what what he's trying to evade. A business associate of Hunter Biden's named Tony Bobulinski has put out a statement. I want to read this statement to you. So you understand the full scope of what we're talking about here. This is all information. Just the last 24 hours coming out looks really bad for the Biden camp. Don't whatever the media says is a joke. This is all a nightmare for them. It really is. He writes, my name is Tony Bobulinski. The facts set forth below are true and accurate. They are not any form of domestic or foreign disinformation. Any suggestion to the contrary is false and offensive. I am the recipient of the email published seven days ago by the New York Post, which showed a copy to Hunter Biden and Rob Walker. That email is genuine. So this is one of the guys involved in these communications. Here's what he writes. This afternoon, I received a request from the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs and the Senate Committee on Finance requesting all documents relating to my business affairs with the Biden family, as well as various foreign entities and individuals. I have extensive relevant records and communications, and I intend to produce those items to both committees in the immediate future. I am the grandson of a 37-year Army intelligence officer, the son of a 20-plus-year career naval officer, and the brother of a 28-year career naval flight officer. I myself served our country for four years and left the Navy as Lieutenant Bobulinski. I held a high-level security clearance and was an instructor and then CTO for Naval Nuclear Power Training Command. I take great pride in the time my family and I serve this country. I am also not political. He goes on. The 27 email is, in fact, a reference to Joe Biden. The other JB referenced in that email is Jim Biden, Joe's brother. Hunter Biden called his dad the big guy or my chairman, and frequently referenced asking him for his sign-off or advice on various potential deals that we were discussing. I've seen Vice President Biden saying he never talked to Hunter about his business. I've seen firsthand that that's not true, because it wasn't just Hunter's business. They said they were putting the Biden family name and its legacy on the line. I realized the Chinese were not really focused on a healthy financial return on investment. They were looking at this as a political or influence investment. 
Once I realized that Hunter wanted to use the company as his personal piggy bank by just taking money out of it as soon as it came from the Chinese, I took steps to prevent that from happening. The Johnson report connected some dots in a way that shocked me. It made me realize the Bidens had gone behind my back and gotten paid millions of dollars by the Chinese, even though they told me they hadn't and wouldn't do that to their partners. I would ask the Biden family to address the American people and outline the facts so I can go back to being irrelevant. And so I am not in a position to have to answer those questions for them. I don't have a political axe to grind. I just saw behind the Biden curtain and I grew concerned with what I saw. The Biden family aggressively leveraged the Biden family name to make millions of dollars from foreign entities, even though some were from communist controlled China. God bless America. One more thing that Lieutenant Bobolinsky writes here. The few campaign contributions I have made in my life were to Democrats. If the media and big tech companies had done their jobs over the past several weeks, I would be irrelevant in this story. Given my longstanding service and devotion to this country, I could no longer allow my family name to be associated or tied to Russian disinformation or implied lies and false narratives dominating the media right now. After leaving the military, I became an institutional investor, investing extensively around the world. What I'm outlining to you is fact. I know it is fact because I lived it. I am the CEO of Sino Hawk Holdings, which was a partnership between the Chinese operating through CEFC and Chairman Yi and the Biden family. I was brought into the company to be the CEO by James Gillier and Hunter Biden. And the reference to the big guy in the much publicized May 13th email is, in fact, Joe Biden. Friends, his partners are talking. We've got all the proof. It's all real. The Biden family is a crime family, and they think they're about to become the next first family of the United States. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. A second major news story that's really overshadowed by the Biden bombshells. But this one's big, too, because of the implications, but also what it shows us about what the media has been saying in the past and how serious they are willing to take their own words. Uh, You have heard, no doubt, for years about Russian interference in our election. And there's this constant specter, this constant fear of, oh, my gosh, at any moment, Russia might interfere. Russia's hiding under your bed. It's in the closet. Putin might steal everything from you. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Right. They've they've made everyone think that that Russia is a huge, huge problem uh, for all of us. When uh, the reality, as we see it, is that Russia, sure, is sometimes in opposition to U.S. interests, but they did not steal the last election with one hundred thousand dollars of Facebook ads by some bot farm in a basement in Russia somewhere. Right. That's it's just insane. There's no way. But they lost all sense or or they abandoned all sense of context and uh, and all, all sense of, you know, the way that anybody who's being honest would would weigh these issues. So we had this Russia collusion, stealing the election thing. And you kept hearing about Russian interference in our election. And we're supposed to always be worried about this. Well, turns out Iran has tried to interfere in our election and exposed a lot about certain groups, certain individuals in that process. 
Here is the DNI, uh, Ratcliffe, making an announcement about this just last night. This was breaking news yesterday evening. Play 14. We would like to alert the public that we have identified that two foreign actors, Iran and Russia, have taken specific actions to influence public opinion relating to our elections. First, we have confirmed that some voter registration information has been obtained by Iran and separately by Russia. This data can be used by foreign actors to attempt to communicate false information to registered voters that they hope will cause confusion, sow chaos, and undermine your confidence in American democracy. To that end, we have already seen Iran sending spoofed emails designed to intimidate voters, incite social unrest, and damage President Trump. Iran is sending emails. What are those emails saying? What is the Iranian government doing here? That's what you have to look at first and to see, you know, see what's happening so we can really understand all of this. But I, I, I will tell you this much. Just based on the statement of the DNI here, what we know is that Iran is interfering in our election on behalf of Joe Biden. And by the rules established by our biased and moronic media in 2016, this now means that if Trump loses, we could spend four years whining about how Iran stole the election for Biden. And maybe we can even unleash a special counsel on him because of it. Now, let me say, because I'm not crazy, Iran is not stealing the election for Joe Biden. It's not going to happen. They don't have the influence operations capability. It's just that they, they can't. But what the Democrats did in 2016 was essentially look at the circumstances that we're looking at now with Iran and say, oh, but but Russia did something. And because Russia did something and we're sad that the election was lost, let's say that Russia's the reason the election was lost. Let's let's wildly exaggerate the ability of the Russian trolls, the bot farm uh, to influence things in this election cycle because that makes us feel better. And it also then becomes a weapon against the other side, even though there was no Russian collusion to this day. It is a widespread belief among Democrats that the only reason they lost that 2016 election is because of Russian intervention. That's what they tell themselves. That is the widespread belief among Democrats. And that also then justifies in their minds their uh, complete lack of any respect for the office and, and any willingness to really concede that Trump is, in fact, the president. They will not concede that they won't do it because they say not my president and, you know, illegitimate and hashtag resistance and all this stuff, all because of Russia. So we're now in a place where we could say we very well could if we wanted to be a bunch of dishonest crybabies like the Democrats by and large are, we could do the same thing. So thanks, Iran. You've now given us a ready made excuse, just like the Democrats took in 2016. If our guy doesn't win, it's because of Iran, 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 Iran. We'll just talk about it all the time. That would be stupid. It would be intellectually dishonest. But it's exactly what it's exactly what they did. That is how they played the game. But now now the, the funnier part for me is that when this initially happened, you know what the media reaction was? 
well, it's not clear that the emails were, it's not clear that the emails were actually gonna, gonna hurt Trump, you know, it's threatening Biden supporters. Okay, let's look at this. The Iranians created spoofed emails that were being sent around uh, where it was supposedly Proud Boys. Remember all the focus on Proud Boys a few weeks ago and white supremacists. Who wants to who wants to guess if a moderator tonight is going to is going to ask President Trump, excuse me, sir, but my my journalistic integrity forces me to ask this question. I don't want to ask it, but I have to ask it. Do you denounce white supremacy, Mr. President, like for the 50th time, right? I know I'm going to take a lot of heat for this, sir. I, I know I'm not going to get invited to the fancy parties and people aren't going to high five me at the country club. Or maybe they'll do all of those things because I asked this question. But do you denounce white supremacy, sir? Yeah, they're going to. I, I think it's a pretty good chance that I'll be. Out. Look, Savannah Guthrie did it recently after it was already done by Chris Wallace. Yeah, I'll, I'll never nothing. Chris Wallace says uh, puts out. I have no interest in any of it. I, I mean, I never did really before, to be honest, but. Definitely not. Not at this point. So now we get to the emails and what they were really meant to do. So they send out emails pretending to be proud boys and the Iranian, you know, the Iranian government and these Iranian false flag actors saw this as an opportunity to create greater division in the U.S. And let me also say that this is now something we should expect all the time because the Democrats for partisan purposes, wildly exaggerated the effect and the influence of even a very minor web-based influence operation for our election. Now, all countries that want to mess with us around the world can do this. Doesn't matter how effective it is. Doesn't matter if they get caught. At a minimum, the story breaks. And then one side in our country can blame the other and say, well, Russia or China or Iran or North Korea or wherever, depending on you know who actually does it, helped you cheat. Therefore, you didn't really win. You see how that pulls us apart. You see how that creates tremendous friction. And therefore, it's a great victory. It doesn't have to be significant. You don't have, if you're Iran, you don't have to change the results of the election to poison American politics by doing just a little bit of interference in the election. You see? That's the standard that has now been set because the Democrats are crybabies who can't accept that they lost. So this just encourages and this isn't a new theory. I've been telling you this for years. This just encourages other countries to get on this game. In fact, if you listen to old shows, I mean, I have to go back and find it. But I was saying you're going to have other countries that do this. I said it. I knew it. Other countries will get involved in this game because if nothing else, it's just a way of showing national spite for America from some other place that doesn't like us, that some regime that, you know, has it shows disrespect. It doesn't have to be effective for it to be a, a very clear middle finger extended in Uncle Sam's direction. But so then the media pretended, well, if it's from Proud Boys, which it wasn't, but if, if, if we're going to say it's from Proud Boys and then if we're going to say that the Proud Boys are uh, you know, that the Proud Boys are trying to intimidate Democrats from going to vote. Why is this? This is feigned stupidity, I think. Although, I don't know. A lot of journalists are really dumb. Unfortunately, your average journalist is like a B minus English literature student from a third tier liberal arts college or, you know, a second or third rung state school somewhere. That's that's what you get for a lot of journos. It's not a, not a particularly impressive bunch. And the ones that went to fancy schools, overwhelmingly, they're either 
legacy admits or affirmative action admits or, you know, trust me, not a lot of geniuses running around in uh, in the mainstream media. But you already knew that. So now we look at what really happens when these emails go around. Right. The Proud Boys are allegedly it's not them. It's a spoof. We've already established that. But they're allegedly threatening Biden voters. The whole point is then the Biden camp can turn around and see, see, look at these right wing extremists threatening people on behalf of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a white supremacist. Donald Trump, you know, it just plays in that narrative. That's how it harms Trump. Obviously, people aren't really going to not show up at the polls because of this Iranian influence operation. This is not reality. What's much more likely is what's exactly happened here, which is that Trump gets blamed for something that not only Trump didn't do, but not even Trump supporters have done or even Proud Boys or whatever. And it helps the Biden campaign as a result. It's also something that points to how if you're Iran, you really want Biden to win. Look at what Trump has done to the Iranians. Pulled pulled out of the deal, said, uh, sorry, you guys are jerks. Your country is not going to be allowed to play in the international community the way that it wants to. We're going to keep sanctions in place. And if you mess with us, we're going to come down on you uh, like an anvil. And oh, by the way, Qasem Soleimani, who was the architect of many uh, murder missions against U.S. soldiers. Right. Iran was not at war with us. This was done in This was done as a total black ops, you know, off off the book, so to speak, situation on the uh, on the part of the Iranians. They were killing our soldiers. The Iranian government was was ordering our soldiers killed. And Qasem Soleimani was at the heart of this. And then President Trump gave the order to turn Qasem into a pink mist. And that is what happened. And we were told, oh, my gosh, the Iranian response, the fury will shake us down to our foundation. And actually, Trump made it very clear to them. Yeah, we took him out. That was the right move. He deserved it. You want to try something else? Like I've said all along, Trump can be a little bit unpredictable, but kind of like having Doc, Doc Holliday on the street howitzer. You want the guy who's willing to pull the trigger and keep the enemy off balance to be part of your team. You want him on your side. And that certainly worked with the Iranians, which also reminds me of, of uh, Obama talking about uh, foreign policy and, and also just how how not normal everything is. Well, here, Obama's supposed to be the secret weapon the Democrats have held in reserve to the last moment here. Uh, Play 21. We're not going to have a president that goes out of his way to insult anybody who doesn't support him or, or, or threaten them with jail. That's not normal presidential behavior. We wouldn't tolerate it from a high school principal. We wouldn't tolerate it from a, a coach. We wouldn't tolerate it from a co-worker. We, we wouldn't tolerate it in our own family except for maybe crazy Uncle somewhere, you know, yeah, he's, 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 I mean, we, why would we expect and accept this from the president of the United States? Why why is Obama yelling the whole time he's talking? Why does he keep his voice up here when he's at a microphone? I just, you know, cause it, (laughs) I don't miss that guy at all. I'll tell you, I don't miss him at all. Uh, but he was also saying on foreign policy that we need uh, we need to be respected again, like we were under the Obama administration. Of course, that's the that's the takeaway. That's what it's supposed to be for that. And 
I've just got to say, uh, I actually remember, uh, uh, and Obama apparently doesn't, the bloody catastrophes in Syria and Libya, the rise of ISIS, major deterioration in our situation in Iraq and Afghanistan, our troops deployed there, Obama's embarrassing apology tour, bowing to foreign heads of state for no apparent reason, pallets of cash for Iran. These are all defining disasters of the Obama foreign policy era. What are the defining foreign policy disasters of the Trump administration? Um, Peace deals in the Middle East, moving the embassy to Jerusalem, finally hitting back at the Iranians and not suffering any real consequences, uh, pulling out of the disastrous Paris climate accord that no one's really going to enforce anyway. Uh, Where's the big? Oh, he was too nice to Kim Jong Un in negotiations. That's what we're supposed to all be losing sleep at night about. Sorry, not going to happen. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. I mean, really, give this a little thought. What's the response to all of this now? They were telling us last week, not true, not true. Then Russian disinformation, Russian disinformation. And now, what exactly is it? Oh, it's, it's not important. If it's not important... Why were we hearing so much about how it was Russian disinformation? Why even pay attention enough to it to make that claim? And of course, it's important. They're they're insulting our intelligence, my friends. They are insulting your intelligence, my intelligence, every American. That's what the media is up to right now. They're putting Jill Biden out there saying that these are smears against my family. No, no, sorry. These are facts. The Democrats had a lot of different options in this campaign that could have gone with a lot of people. I'll say this. Say what you will about, you know, Pete Buttigieg or Bernie Sanders, but they weren't taking payoffs from the Chinese. I'm just you know credit where it's due. The Democrats had a lot of options, even Elizabeth Warren. I mean, for all of her flaws, not taking payoffs from foreign governments selling influence, doing other shady stuff, I'm sure. But Democrats brought this on themselves. They wanted to run. A head fake, fraudulent candidate with big name recognition tied to Obama that they could pretend was a moderate. And they thought they could just ram him just like they were going to ram Hillary Clinton down everybody's throats. And they wanted to ram John Kerry down everybody's throats. They thought they were going to pull it off. And look, they still might. Don't get me wrong. They've got so much of an institutional and platform advantage that even running a candidate as flawed as this guy with all the lies that they're having to tell. Maybe it still works. Doesn't mean that we can't talk about how insane this is, how crazy these circumstances are we find ourselves in. Uh, First of all, here's Joe Biden saying, oh, it's all a smear. Sure it is. Play 18. You know, as a mother, I mean, I it really I don't like to see my son attacked. And certainly I don't like to see my uh, husband attacked. But for me or to me, these are distractions. I mean, this election is not about. Joe Biden or Jill Biden or Kamala or Doug. It is about the American people. The American people don't want to hear these smears against my family. The American people are struggling right now. No, actually, I think they want to hear it. Sorry, Jill. I think I think they are curious now that it's fact. Now that there's smoking gun evidence. I think that uh, we've been told for four years that Donald Trump is a man of of lacking lacking in character and his family has made all this money in shady ways and you know 
Trump Tower Moscow and some guy whose name I can't even pronounce from one of the stands and the Miss Universe pageant and all the all, all the stuff we've heard about this. Now, all of a sudden, none of that counts for Joe Biden. This guy's been in public life his whole life, and somehow he's very, very, very rich. Hmm. A lot of Democrats for whom that's the case. Well, looks like they may have to uh, pay the piper now, so to speak. At least the Bidens might. The only justice is going to come, just so you understand this, at the ballot box. I want everyone to be very clear. Just as I said with Benghazi and Obama in the 2012 election, once Obama won that re-election, forget about justice for Benghazi and what happened there. wasn't wasn't going to occur because they controlled they controlled the game. They controlled the refs. They controlled the players. Not going to not going to happen. Biden wins. All this goes away. In fact, they're going to go after people that expose this. They're going to go for payback. It's not going to be enough to merely push aside the obvious Biden family corruption. They're going to want to make examples of people. How dare you expose the Democrat, the Democrat candidate for who he and his family members really are? Remember, it's the brother, it's the son. I mean, getting in on this for sure from a lot of different angles. And then you have the responses to all this from the media, which are are honestly mind blowing. I mean, it's, it's hard to think of how anybody could do this, wake up, think their job is somehow guided by principles, facts, honesty, ethics, and then do what this media is doing. You know, the president, I mentioned this yesterday, I didn't really get into the details. The president sat down with 60 Minutes and Leslie Stahl recently. You know, all these all these boomer media establishments with these boomer correspondents who are just deeply unimpressive party hacks who have gotten, you know, really fat and happy by being highly mediocre, but playing the institutional political game well enough to rise up the ranks at these places. There's been around a long time. You know, time to retire, Leslie Stahl. We've had enough. She's not the only one. There's a ton of them. And whether you're talking about, you know, Dan Rather or Larry King or these guys, they never want to give it up. It's never time to focus on something else in life. It's always me, 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 more money, more attention, me, me. That's who's at the top of the mainstream media apparatus. Not the smartest, not the best, not the most ethical. It's really the most narcissistic and the most selfish. That's unfortunately what these legacy outlets, uh, what these legacy outlets prize. I mean, that, that's what does well for you. You're advantaged by taking that approach. Anyway, here's Leslie Stahl, for whatever reason, gets access to the president. She sits down in an interview with him. And I just want you to hear her completely laughable. Smack yourself in the face because you can't believe you're hearing something so stupid defense of why media outlets like hers have no interest in the hunter biden laptop this is remember this is the president they taped the interview while it was being taped so that 60 minutes can't get away with their usual editing crap so this is the white house releasing the rough of the rough cut of this play it it's this i think it's one of the biggest scandals i've ever seen and you don't cover it because you want to talk about well because it can't be verified you want to talk I'm about insignificant you. things i'm telling you of course it can be verified excuse we, me we they found the laptop leslie leslie what can't be verified the laptop why do you say that because even the family hasn't the family on the laptop he's gone into hiding for five days he's gone into hiding he's preparing for your debate oh it's taken him five days to prepare i doubt it I did. Okay. All right. All right. So let's get back. 
he's preparing for the debate. That's not even the funniest thing here. It can't be verified. Here's supposed to be a famous and dogged journalist. Gets to the truth, gets the facts, gets the answers. And her response to why they won't even touch this enormously consequential story at the absolute peak of an election, a presidential election cycle is it can't be verified. Uh, This would be like if you sat down with the FBI and you had something for them. They're like, oh, this needs to be investigated. Exactly. Isn't that what you do here? Isn't this the Federal Bureau of Investigation? Otherwise, what would you say you do here? Leslie Stahl, journalist, 60 Minutes, CBS, lots of money going into this. They can't find a way. First of all, it's already verified to anybody who's not an idiot. But if they want to play this verification game, the, oh, we can't. It it would be like she said, whoa, whoa, sorry, Mr. President. What you're asking for is journalism. And that's not what we do here. It's pretty much what she's telling him. Can't be verified. Um, No, it's. First of all, it is verified. And second of all, if that was really a position they could take, then they should be the ones working to verify whether this is real or not. But remember, CBS is the same news outlet that at the absolute peak of a, of a previous presidential cycle put forward National Guard documents that use Microsoft Word font that didn't exist from the year of the supposed National Guard document involving George W. Bush. So. You know, they, they, they know they're fake news and then some. They know how to play this game. They know what to do. It's just, it's just incredible to watch this play out. They're so terrified. They're such fraudulent cowards. The media, the Democrat Party, they're all, oh, let's just talk about other, let's talk more about health care. Let's talk about all these other. No, I'm sorry. They put the President of the United States through a four-year-long, I'm sorry, three-year-long special counsel investigation and then impeachment Based on nothing. They impeached Trump for bringing up answers about Hunter Biden corruption with the uh, with the president of Ukraine. And it turns out that that's a completely legitimate inquiry because there is corruption involving Hunter Biden in Ukraine. So I'm sorry, is there some special I was saying this back when we were looking at this call and whether it was legitimate or not. Is is Joe Biden, because he was formerly the vice president, are his family members allowed to break the law? Are, are there are there is there some special get out of jail free car? Well, we find out. Yes, it's called being a Democrat. It's called being a Democrat. It's just amazing as we see how, how obvious all of this is. They're not even being clever with the fraud that they're perpetrating right now. They're not even uh, they're not even impressive with the propaganda. I mean, what you're seeing here could be changing the the course of of history for this country. And the media pretends that the smoking gun emails of the Biden family and the Biden family's corruption, which now seems to go all the way up to Joe Biden himself, are no big deal. But these are the same journos who cheered an FBI investigation, including FISA warrants of the Trump campaign based solely on lies paid for by the DNC. Not only did the media run with the stories that were all lies, all just fabrications and nonsense about how Carter Page and George Papadopoulos were Russian agents, part of a conspiracy to steal the election. Not only did the media run with that in its, you know, as though it were gospel, the FBI 
Obama's FBI, Obama's DOJ used that stuff as the basis for an actual criminal investigation and used FISA warrants and used national security letters and used the most intrusive tools of the federal apparatus to spy on people. And and now we're going to forget all of that. We're going to pretend that they're not playing the game as, as dirty as they possibly can. I don't think so. It's a, it's amazing, friends. Oh, now they're what's the latest? Oh, but Trump has a bank account in China. I'm hearing this one. This is this is what you're being told now. Oh my gosh! But there's a bank account. I mean, okay, what's in the bank account? How much money? They they, they seem to think that that normal intelligent people can't figure out that if you're worth a billion dollars and you know you got a bank account somewhere worth a hundred grand, nobody cares. Doesn't mean anything. It's like finding a twenty dollar bill in your back pocket of pants you haven't worn in a while. Oh, he's got a foreign bank account. Well, how much is in this bank account? What were they doing with this bank? Uh, but anything to get us talking about something else, something other than this issue. Um, and, and it's just so fitting, too, because, you know, Trump is the one who's been willing to show that China is a problem for the United States. Our elites and it goes all the way across politics, really bipartisan consensus. The think tanks in D.C., they've done nothing but not just apologize, they've done apologias for China. They'll defend Chinese uh, trade practices and policies because, oh, they're just trying to catch up. The, the, the wealthier they get, the more liberal they'll get. Don't worry. And we realize, oh, are you getting wealthier too? Democrat and Republican lobbyists and think tankers and politicians, are you getting wealthier while China gets wealthier? Turns out, yeah. It looks like that is the answer. But oh, don't worry, Obama showed up just in time to make jokes about how there's a there's a Trump Chinese bank account. Uh, play 20. We know that he continues to do business with China because he's got a secret Chinese bank account. How is that possible? How is that possible? A secret Chinese bank account. Listen, can you imagine if I had, had a secret Chinese bank account when I was running for re-election? You think... You think, my, you think Fox News might have been a little concerned about that? They would have called me Beijing Barry. Yes, this bank account is so secret that it paid $188,000 in taxes in China from 2013 to 2015. Uh, what, what, do we, what do we really think is, is in here? Citing an analysis of the president's tax records. So it's in his tax records. So in what way exactly is the bank account secret? I'm just wondering. Right. This is a total smokescreen. Smokescreen. Desperate smokescreen from the libs. Trump's tax record showed investments of at least. Here, you ready for this? $192,000 in five companies that pursued interests, uh, business interests in China, according to The New York Times. Oh. <gasps> Oh, my gosh. $190,000. Do you do. Does anyone think that Trump cares about $190,000 in business deals? Really? That's that's a big that's a big deal. The guy's worth billions. 